The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Dry subtle nurse, McDavid, right face off dot, hesitates, shoots, and scores. Connor McDavid, his 28th goal of the year. I feel like I need to get all pumped up, maybe stand up at my desk. Talking to our next guest, though, will get me going for the rest of the show. Oilers hockey back on your radio starting on Tuesday. That's when the Oilers and the Flames will be playing a pre-qualifying round game. But you'll, of course, hear it right here on this station. Then next Saturday, the resumption of the season gets underway for real with the Stanley Cup qualifying rounds that you will that will see your Oilers take on Chicago. The voice of your Edmonton Oilers chomping at the bit to get back at it. Jack Michaels joining me this afternoon. Hey, friend. Hi, Jalen. How are you? You know, you do realize that I could easily expose you as an agitator. You love, you you create this, you know, glorious, I'm the nicest person in the world on your radio show, but you love keeping that Sammy Hagar versus David Lee Ross debate alive. I caught the subtlety. It wasn't that subtle. It was basically their last big hit with DLR behind the mic, but uh, I just I just want everyone to know that you're not above getting the sneaky little kidney punch in when, it, when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, but then I make up I make up for it. We'll give you a hug in the end, right? You'll get a hug That's from true. me. Okay. I live for those. You got it. <laughs> how you doing, my friend? How how excited are you to get back to work? I'm pumped. I mean, look, it's this has been an excruciating 130, 135 days for all of us. And, you know, I, I think uh, the city of Edmonton, the province of Alberta, has done a real nice job, uh, you know, keeping everyone safe for the most part. And mm-hmm. because of that, we're in a position where we've got a once in a life, and it will be once in a lifetime. I mean, we're not going to see this again uh, type situation. So, it's it's awesome. Uh, I, I'm 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 on my you know I, I'm I'm on my way to the rink basically in my own head and and that's gonna you know start tomorrow with the Colby Cave Memorial yeah. Fund scrimmage which which serves as kind of a last chilling reminder of you know how much things have changed in the last four and a half months. I mean, Bob isn't and I that were the truth? Bob yeah. our colleague and I were talking. You know couple of months ago when we thought we'd be talking about Colby Cave coming to the playoff run as an intriguing fifth line center option and instead you know we're doing a scrimmage tomorrow in his honor and his family's honor and then you know it's it's right you get right after I mean you got the exhibition game with Calgary that's going to be right here on 630 Chet on Tuesday and then four days later Edmonton is going to start playing for its playoff lives because in a best-of-five series, Jay Leonard, it's the first time in 35 years you're going to see a best-of-five, you know, kind of playoff qualifier. And you lose game one, and game two is a must-win. I mean, best-of-five mm-hmm. as opposed to best-of-seven, it's no longer a marathon. It's a sprint. 
give me an idea of um, you know wrapping your head around. Uh, I know you're you're calling the game. I think on Oilers TV tomorrow, the uh, the Colby Cave Memorial game. Y- your thoughts going into that? You you touched on it, but yeah, you talk about how things have changed over the past number of months, um, and and how how the guys are are are, are trying to remember him to make sure that um, you know some legacy stays alive there. Going into that game, and uh, do you think there's going to be some heightened emotions there, or, or what, what do you think? Well, I think, you know, the players, look, Colby Cave spent 44 games in an Edmonton uniform, but he did have an impact. I mean, I, I saw that firsthand when he got back from one of his call-ups. He came straight to the practice rink. Uh, we were in the midst of a road trip from Bakersfield, and so as a result, not a ton of players had an, had an opportunity to see him uh, as he joined the team. And I remember when he got on the bus that morning, you know, he got a big greeting. Uh, Darnell Nurse was among the first to, to give him a big shout-out. And, and uh, you know, I, I just – it's a little glimpse into, into a guy that, you know, from the outside looking in, you might have thought he was a fringe player. Well, you know, in the NHL fraternity, there are no such things. And uh, he did make an impact. So I think tomorrow with everyone wearing the number 12 and Emily, his wife, in attendance – you know, there are going to be some heightened emotions. And, you know, yeah. obviously it's an intra-squad scrimmage. But yep. uh, I think moving forward, he's going to be, uh, you know, a source of inspiration for this hockey club. I, I think I think it's not lost on anyone how much their lives and how much certainly Colby's family, you know, has been changed by the events of the last four and a half months. So it, it absolutely will be... Uh, you know, at the forefront of everyone's mind, not just tomorrow, but moving forward. Jack, I had a text from uh, one of our great listeners named Vic, and he says, how weird is it going to be for the players to hear the play-by-play guys yelling, he scores! And I'm like, well, they're not going to. Give us an idea of the setup on how you and and Bob are going to be calling these games. Well, I mean, as you know, Jalen, not many people have been allowed in that chorus building over the last nope. four and a half months. And so what's happened is quietly behind the scenes, Chorus Entertainment Group has put together a, they basically converted a conference room into a, dare I say, an NHL control room for Bob and I and our, our engineer, Troy. And it's it's going to be, uh, you know, new for everyone. Uh, you know, everything's, everything's been wired for this sequence of broadcast specifically. Uh, it's going to be, you know, our space. It's going to be where if you always make a significant run, I'm almost going to be living for the next uh, four <laughs> to six weeks. It's got three oh. monitors. It's got, you know, it's got all the uh, nerdy comforts for us broadcasters in there. And, and I think uh, I think Chorus has done a nice job of, in a pinch, uh, coming up with the best possible circumstance. But really, the short answer to your question is I don't know what it's going to be like for me calling games off a monitor. As you know, it's going to be a two-dimension thing, not three-dimension. And there's going to be things behind the play, away from the play. I'm reliant, not not really on my own eyes anymore. And that's going to be a little freaky. So, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to do the absolute best I can. But to say that I know exactly what I'm getting into would be a falsehood because uh, I've done a lot in 25 years of professional broadcasting, but I've never done this. 
No, and, and I'm guessing that a lot of times, Jack, too, I mean, you get fired up by the, the feeling of the crowd and, and the, the sounds of the hits on the ice, all of that. I get fired up at 3.45 in the afternoon. I get fired up when you start telling me about the Red Rocket. You can imagine what I'm like at a hockey game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you're not going to have you're not going to have that crowd noise. You're not going no. to have all of that, right? That's going to be so different. Oh, it it yeah. is, and and the biggest thing, Jaylen, is you know that's one of the one of the reasons I think that you know people who gravitate toward my broadcast or people who enjoy them is they get the understanding that. You know, I, I'm kind of the genuine article. I can't help it. And anyone who's <laughs> ever played golf with me or done anything social with me, there's there's no, you know, a little of me goes a long way. I'm a high-intensity <laughs> type of guy. I, you know, I, I can be too much. And what I think what you're really getting to and what I, I've given some thought to is I'm going to have to be genuine, but at the same time I'm going to have to capture – what mm-hmm. I anticipate the full level of excitement would be if everything was normal and 18,641 were around me. So it's a it's a unique challenge in that regard in that I've got to convey what I'm actually experiencing, but I also don't want to rob the listeners of what they should be feeling yeah. if things go a certain way in the game, if that makes any sense. I feel like I'm talking in circles a little bit, but that is that is one of the things that makes this one of the more unique challenges of my broadcasting career. Have you and Stoff been talking about this and how it's going to work and how it's going to look? Have you spent time, you know, together, socially distant, but working on this and seeing how it's going to be? Or are you just going to get back in there and get at it? Anyone knows Stoff and I's working relationship. We spend the least amount of optional time together possible. So... No, and all, all kidding aside, we have talked about it. And I think we both are of the same mindset that it's kind of weird to be somewhat on the sidelines, especially of a once-in-a-lifetime event that's in your city. And in his case, that's been in, you know, I mean, it's his city for 55 years or however old that guy is. So (laughs) bottom line is, is, you know, we want to capture that raw emotion, but we've also got to, we, we also have to somehow convey the fact that if there is, you know, a, a detail that, that escapes us, we're going to have to somehow get into an explanation for that without making it sound like an excuse. In other words, we're going to have to take our listeners inside the weirdness that we're all going to be experiencing, and hopefully they'll understand all aspects of that. But by well, and you, large, yeah. I, I want them to come away from the broadcast feeling the same kind of pain they would if it's an Oilers loss but the same kind of jubilation if it goes the other way. 
Yeah, and you, and you know what? And and, and I and it's going to be you're you're going to work magic. You guys always do, and 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 all of us get used to the weirdness of this new world that we're living in. I mean, working from my office and having my my silly dog come in here with a squeaker toy on a regular basis during my show while I'm doing an interview, and you have to kind of explain what's going on. You just I've figure it out. You, and, you gotta, <laughs> gotta shape him up, Jalen. I'm sending him to obedience school. Oh, trust me, we already paid for that one. Apparently, you didn't. <laughs> we need to send him back, Jack. You, you know, before, it. you gotta the coach crack some heads. The coach needs to step in. <laughs> one more question for you before I let you go. You know, you you talked about uh, about uh, Stoff having been here for a very long time. The other day, you had put uh, on one of your social media accounts. I forget which one it was, but it said you've lived in Edmonton now longer than anywhere else outside of your hometown and the house you grew up on, uh, the house you grew up in. Did, would you call Edmonton home yet, Jack? Is it is it home for you? Not yet. I mean, not yet. I mean, it was the first year. I, I'm one of those people, Jalen. I I am not clingy to my particular hometown. I'm a home is what you make of it. And you know, when I when I lived in Alaska, I mean, wherever I've lived, whatever adventure I've taken on, it's been my immediate goal. For me to do my professional job to max capacity, I need to make sure my personal life is in order, and that directly correlates to where I'm living and how I feel about it. And one thing that I've really enjoyed about living here is it's the same kind of feel to Alaska. If you want to complain about the weather or, (laughs) you know, some other, you know, BS aspect of living in this city, People aren't afraid to show you where the airport is and see you later. I, I like that sense of civic pride, and I, I felt it from the moment I got here. Also, the River Valley, I mean, there's there's areas in Edmonton, believe it or not, uh, especially the way the bridges work and stuff like that, it, it can't help but remind you of Pittsburgh. There's a, there's a, from the moment I set foot in this province, but in this city specifically, I felt that in a strange way, I, I am home. And, uh, you know, I, I bought a place right away. I've made it home. And this city is the best in Canada. Uh, Vancouver, overrated. Toronto is not a real Canadian city. It's more American than it is Canadian. And I'm uniquely qualified to be able to tell you that. (laughs) This is the best Canadian city. Calgary is a transient city. No one's from Calgary. They're always from somewhere else. Everyone's from Edmonton. And I'm glad this is my home. Well, we're glad that you've made it home too, Jackie, and we can't wait to hear you start calling those games again. Uh, Man, on Tuesday, can't wait to tune in. Thanks for making time for me this afternoon, my friend. Jalen, you know you're always at the top of my priority list. If I could get Coach out of the way, I would, believe me. (laughs) He's listening right now. He's going to come busting through the door in a second. Thanks. I know. That's why I never give you my address. I don't want him tracking me down. (laughs) He's going to bring you a bottle of rum, though. He's promised. Oh, all right. In that case, I'll hang up and I'll give it to you. Okay, take it easy, Jackie. We'll talk to you soon. See you, Jaylen. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you betcha. That is Jack Michaels, the voice of your Edmonton Oilers. Okay, I need to go to commercial break because I have to unscrew the smile from my face. Uh, I'm going to keep it on there for the rest of the show. Stick around.